The Brandon Tatum Show is on KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome to the Brandon Tatum Show. Every Saturday at 6 p.m., you listen to Raw Authentic Talk from yours truly. If you're not following me on social media, make sure you follow me at The Officer Tatum, The Officer Tatum on all of my social media platforms. Let's get into this, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about COVID-19. I'm going to touch on that real quick, and then we're going to be off the subject, right? It's getting boring, old, and, and out of control for me. And I think that my I've lost some brain cells, and, and my emotions have been out of the roof because of this COVID virus, and I'm ready to talk about something different. But I think we need to, to get some updates and some information so that we know kind of what's going on. Um, as of late last week, or, or late this week, you consider Thursday and Friday still this week, um, there was about 10,000 cases of COVID-19, obviously because we're doing a tremendous amount of testing, around 450 deaths um, that have been confirmed. And here's the thing. Maricopa County is suffering the most, obviously. The most people live in Maricopa County. There's about, you know, close to 5,500 cases in Maricopa County. And it's, it's expected. Um, I think that's a good number. When it comes to the fact that there's probably four million people that live in Maricopa County, so five thousand or so confirmed cases doesn't give me heartburn. It, it lets me know that it's time to open up our country. I mean, open up our state. I say our country. Open up our state and for us to get back to work, so that people can have their businesses and people can have their livelihood. Immune system can be built and people can go back to normal. Because I think that's what's necessary. Governor Doug Ducey announced um, that some businesses, he announced this uh, yesterday on Friday, um, or he announced that on Friday, that there will be some businesses that are opened up. I mean, we obviously went and, and got a pedicure. I got my hair cut uh, from my barber. And I think that's a good thing. I think that starting, you know, last Friday or yesterday that, you know, things were being opened up. Um it seemed that things are going kind of smoothly. There are some businesses that are not going to open up because they're just not ready at this point. Some of which could be because Doug Ducey waited to the last minute to really give some updates on Monday, which I cannot wait for uh, Monday, the 11th. We already have scheduled us going to the restaurant. Now, a matter of fact, we did it on a Tuesday. We were going to do it on a Monday, but uh, Steak 44 didn't have reservations on that Monday. So <laughs> we're going to we're going to go out to eat. Uh, restaurants are going to be able to be open. Obviously, there are going to be some slight restrictions, social distancing, um, wearing masks, different things that private businesses can authorize you to do or authorize its employees to do. So I can't wait till Monday to see kind of how this thing pans out. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about things opening up again. I think that's the way it should be in Arizona. I honestly feel like that we shouldn't have gone to the extreme that we've gone to. I think we could have done masks and social distancing and some precautionary measures from the beginning um, and allow people to continue to run their business. One of my really good friends, he owned two restaurants in Scottsdale, and I'm excited for him to be able to open up his business because it, this has been a terrible hit, not only to him, but to a lot of people in the restaurant industry. Also, let's talk about churches. Now, there are some pastors, and, and I understand why. To a certain degree, they're acting within wisdom um, that they may not open up the churches, you know, uh, this Sunday. They, they may not uh, feel that it's safe for their partitioners or the people who are uh, going to their church services for them to be exposed. Some churches are going to open up. Um, it's suggested that they do social distancing. 
um, have available masks, hand sanitizers, and different things like that. But I, I'd, I'd say this. I, I really do believe that companies, churches, should be able to do what they feel is best, not what the government is telling them to do. And I have lost faith in the government lately because the government has been wrong about so much stuff that it, it's, it, it becomes frustrating. You know, one minute they tell you to wear mask, one minute they tell you not to wear mask. One minute a million people are gonna die, the next minute fifty thousand people are gonna die. And one minute, you know, the CDC is putting out numbers saying there's only thirty-five uh thousand people that have lost their life to COVID nineteen, and then you have people putting out sixty-five thousand as an official number. That's half the number. And so when you when you look at these and you see people falsifying COVID nineteen cases. Nurses are coming out. Doctors are coming out saying that they're just adding COVID-19 to every single death that have occurred in New York City, some of which have been verified um, through news outlets that have shown that New York has added almost 4000 deaths to their death toll. And none of the people were confirmed COVID-19 patients. And so with all of that being said and all of the confusion and chaos, um, I'm going to lead by saying I thank I thank God that we're opening up and we're not as dumb as the individuals in Michigan, meaning that the politicians in Michigan who want the state to be closed until the end of the month, it, you know, so I'm glad that we're not to that point. I'm glad that we can go back to life. And I'm going to say this with the last two minutes that I have in this, in this segment is that we need to be out. We need to be getting exposed to one another. We need to be, uh, getting our immune system built up. We need to get our sanity back because the cure cannot be worse than the actual issue. And I have seen a tremendous amount of death, suicide, murder, suicides, people killing their own kids in the news since this shutdown has been going on. And it's not out of the ordinary because we are not built to be on house arrest for two and three months. People are just not made that way. You need vitamin D. Sometimes you need to get away from your kids. You know, sometimes kids can be crazy, especially if you've gone 10 years with your kids going to school, you're going to work, and now you're stuck with them all day and you haven't been preparing well. I can see how people can have fallouts. Domestic violence is on the rise. Um, it, it's all predictable, ladies and gentlemen. But I, I just want to say thank you to Doug Ducey for not being a complete SJW and trying to keep us locked down indefinitely. Um, and I hope y'all go out and shop. Patronize as many businesses as you can. Go out and get something to eat. Make sure you're building your immune system. Make sure you're eating healthy. Try to stay away from over overly uh, indulging in alcoholic beverages and smoking cigarettes and all this other stuff. Be safe. Have fun. And, and, and let's get our economy back rolling. Let's let's get back to where we were. Let's have a, enjoy our time uh, in this great, beautiful state. Next up, Armad Arbery, um, the McMichael family. That whole shooting that happened in Georgia, we're going to go into detail about that. Obviously, I have my opinions. Some people disagree. Some people agree. We'll talk about that after the break. Make sure you stay tuned. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR. Hold the phone. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. 
Welcome back to the Brandon Shader Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. If you're not following me on social media, make sure you jump on the social media platforms at The Officer Tatum, especially my YouTube channel, y'all. I get it. I go into depth on a lot of uh, interesting topics, a lot of news stories on my YouTube channel. So if you haven't gotten enough of V Tatum on the radio show, jump on the YouTube channel. Hopefully we get a little more time on the radio at some point if I uh, do a good job. So let's talk about Ahmaud Arbery and Gregory McMichael and his son. Um, let's talk about let's talk about this situation, right? There's a, a class of people who are saying um, that this man was killed in cold blood. All he was doing was jogging through the community. There's other people who are saying, uh, not so fast. He wasn't just jogging through the community. He was potentially a suspect in burglaries in the area. And the two guys, uh, the McMichael family, Travis and his, and his father, Gregory, were acting in self-defense after they attempted to make a citizen's arrest on a legitimate suspect. And so you got two sides of the argument. My whole premise to this whole thing is that none of us was there. Most people are just looking at a small clip. Now we've gotten a little more information, but um, as of a couple of days ago, you're just looking at a 20 second clip of a black man running and then get, end up getting killed after fighting for a shotgun. And you can't make a, a conclusion on that on either side. You can't say they were right. You can't say he was right. Um, you don't know the details. And I wish that people would get out of their emotions because emotions don't matter. It's about facts. It's about evidence. It's about justification. It's about Georgia state law. All of these things come into account that supersede your emotional expectation. And the reason why a lot of people have a problem with the justice system, um, sometimes the justice system do make a mistake, good and bad. Um, when I say good, somebody may have gotten off and they should be in prison and they've been set free. Some people shouldn't have been in prison and they're in prison for a long time. Um, but a majority of the justice system have worked and functioned properly. And some people, if it don't go your way, you feel like the justice system is bad. And if it go your way, you feel like justice has been served. These individuals will have their day in court. Um, if you give if you want my opinion on it, I, I think that they're not going to be charged. They're not going to be convicted. Um, McMichael and his father or I say McMichael, Gregory McMichael and his son, Travis McMichael, were charged uh, a few days ago for murder. Now, let's talk about this real quick. This is this is what people are going to be up against because the emotionalism when it's run dry in the court of law this is what people are going to have to evaluate they're going to have to prove somebody's going to have to prove that Ahmad Arbery was just jogging um, there's no evidence that he was just jogging you can see him moving at a jog pace on a 20 second video but there's no real evidence, no hardcore evidence that he was just simply jogging through the community when the people alive, unfortunately, the only people alive who were witnesses and who can give testimony through 911 calls are saying that he wasn't jogging. He was a burglary suspect whom they saw on surveillance video and he was actually running through the community. And as he was running, they were, I'm assuming, a third party person who's associated with the McMichaels were filming him. The questions that need to be answered that probably is going to be answered in court that may hurt some people's feelings and may not is that did um, Mr. Arbery live in close proximity to that community? 
Now, there's rumors out that said he lived 12 miles away. And some people probably are saying that he lived less than 12 miles away. That is a big issue, ladies and gentlemen. If you live 12 miles away and the defense can prove that there is three or four parks, there is a open track and field facilities on several uh, high school and middle school campuses, elementary campuses that Mr. Arbery could have been running in instead of in this particular community. I think that's going to be an adversity. I want to know, did Mr. Arbery have a cell phone? And if he did, why did he call the police? Why did he pull out his cell phone and start recording people? If he did feel that his life was in danger and people are unjustifiably following him in a community that he jogs in on a day to day basis. Also, I want to I want clarification on what exactly he was wearing. There's indication that he was wearing cargo jeans that were sagging off of his behind and that it didn't appear that he was running a 12 mile uh, exercise, which you can. You can run 12 miles in baggy baggy shorts if you want to. Um, nobody's going to stop you. But is that likely? Is that painting the picture of, of, of the McMichael's accusations being more accurate or of Mr. Arbery's mom who said he just went to that community to jog? Now, uh, Waycross District Attorney Gregory Burnhill wrote a press release or a document that I just read um, that is very interesting. And I have not read the evidence in its totality, obviously, because I don't have access to it. I've read what most people have had access to at this point. And I've been telling people that they're not going to be able to convict McMichael and his son of murder. At best, they can do manslaughter. But murder is going to be a steep hill to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. And Mr. Bernhardt wrote in his statement, and he gave a very clear, convincing articulation of a defense and why there is no probable cause to have arrested McMichael or the McMichael family. I keep saying McMichael, Gregory and his son, Travis, why there was no probable cause to arrest them. His argument is very simple, that they identified Mr. Arbery as a suspect on surveillance video that they believed and had a reasonable confirmation that he was the suspect burglarizing the area. They called police which gives the indication that they had an, they had every intention to have him stop and wait for police to arrive. Contrary to what people are thinking that he, they just went and gunned him down. Um, it also states that Mick, you can see Mr. Arbery attack Travis McMichael and fight him for a shotgun. And the autopsy shows that some of the rounds that hit Mr. McMichael wasn't going through his hand was in self-defense. And according to Georgia law, they had the right to conduct a citizen's arrest, whether you like it or not, whether it's ugly or not. And this is their argument. I'm not saying this is true or not. I'm saying this is the defense's argument and that they had every right to defend themselves once there's an altercation for a firearm. Also, Mr. Bernhardt um, made the statement that they had every right to or, or they cannot determine whether or not Travis intentionally shot Arbery during the altercation or it was a matter of Travis having his finger on the trigger 
And because Arbery was jerking the gun back and forth, that it caused rounds to inadvertently go off. These are things that are going to be very challenging in the court of law, whether you like one side or not. But let me say this, and then I'm going to move on to the bigger picture here. I want everybody listening to the show and everybody in America, stop believing the hype. Stop jumping to conclusions. We all have seen this a thousand times that is not always what you think it is. As a former police officer who have made, I, I made hundreds and hundreds of arrests, some of which were homicides. And it's never what you think it is. If you think the smoking gun is there, it's probably not the smoking gun. It's always two sides to every story. And because people are emotional, because people are not exposed to death, when they see someone die on a video, they automatically get this gut-wrenching feeling and felt like, okay, the person who died is automatically the victim here. Protests and outrage have been so disproportionate in this situation that it actually makes me sick to my stomach. The only reason that a shooting that happened in February that is ambiguous, the only reason that is making news today is because the victim is black and the suspects are white. And you know how I know this? It's because since February, there has been probably nearly a hundred homicides of black men in America perpetuated by other black men, some of which are in cold blood. And we haven't seen a article. We haven't seen a celebrity shout out. We haven't seen a t-shirt. We haven't, we haven't seen nothing. The same people who are posting about Arbery, you could rightfully so, if that's how you feel, didn't post nothing about the last black people or the few black people that got shot just last night. Nobody cares. I guarantee you this is not the first circumstance where a white man killed a black man or a black man killed a white man. But because people get outraged, because if it bleeds, it leads, they're throwing and thrusting it into people's faces and they're falling for it. And there's another situation that I want to talk about and I'm going to try to cram it in into this last two minutes. Um, there's another situation I want to talk about that involves the same sentiment of false unequivocal outrage a u.s veteran sean reed he's on a high-speed chase in indianapolis live streaming it on his facebook channel in having officers in a pursuit there ain't no if and buts about it there is no legal premise for you to be fleeing from police on a high-speed pursuit i don't care what your argument is you are breaking a law you're putting other people's lives in danger and, I, and to be honest, I don't feel bad for you. He live streams all the way up to the point where he gets out the car. A gun was found on his person. It's reasonable to believe that the gunfire was exchanged between him and the police because that's what their report was. He had a gun on him. And what else was he doing with a gun? Twirling it in the air. So he gets into a shooting. What happens? NAACP comes out. They show up to the scene of the crime and or scene of the, uh, of the incident and they're yelling, no justice, no peace. It's sickening, ladies and gentlemen. It's sickening. Let facts come out. Stop picking a side. Quit being racist. It's not okay for you to pick the black man over the white man or the white man over the black man. Wait for the information to come out. Pick facts over feelings, facts over race. At the end of the day, we're all Americans. 
And there's some people that are doing right, some people are doing wrong. And we're going to talk about some more stuff. I'm going to get off this subject in the next segment. But you need to stay tuned. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR. Hold the phone. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. This is the Brandon Tatum Show. The Brandon Tatum Show on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show, ladies and gentlemen. Every Saturday at 6 p.m., you're in the third segment. So if you feel that you're excited to hear what I have to say and you missed a lot of it, you can catch it on the podcast. You can go back, download the podcast so you can hear or review this show. You can review shows in the past. Just so happen you're busy, you're at work, you miss my show, you can go back and look at it anytime you want to. Every Saturday at 6 p.m., I'm live, ladies and gentlemen, talking about the real stuff that people don't want to talk about. Some people don't, don't maybe maybe they worry about reputation and all that stuff. See, I don't care. God made me a certain way. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to be about it. And then we're going to go from there. So let's talk about General Flynn. Um, for the conservatives out there, a lot of conservatives who, who've been following this case, General Flynn worked in the, in the administration for a short period of time. Um, and they, they, they literally framed him. The FBI concocted a, a clear cut conspiracy to get him to plead guilty to something that wasn't even a crime. And when you see this, these things happening in our justice system, people should be outraged. I, I think people should be protesting, asking for justice for General Flynn, but thank God the DOJ recommended the charges be dropped for on General Flynn's case because the man didn't do nothing wrong. The FBI had every intention to get him to lie. We've already seen articles come out talking about the FBI notes where they were deciding whether or not they wanted to get him to lie or wanted to trap him pretty much into making him plead guilty. The FBI will run you dry if you think you're going to compete and, and, and pursue a case against the FBI. If you're not rolling in the dough, you're not going to be able to afford to fight that case as long as the United States government can fight the case. And what happened with General Flynn, and a lot of people believe, and I, I agree, I, I, I believe this to be true, is that he just didn't have enough money to keep fighting them. So he pled guilty to something that wasn't even a crime. Now, here's my take on it. General Flynn was innocent the entire time. He was thwarted by the FBI. Our government failed him initially. The question that we should be asking is, why? Why? Why did they do this to General Flynn? Why are they trying to illegally surveil the Trump campaign and President Trump's administration? Why? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because there's a deep state of individuals, whether they're Republican or Democrat, that are in leadership positions in the government, and they do not want to relinquish their power their pay to play, all of the dirty shenanigans that they're doing, they do not want to relinquish that. And at any point that someone threatens that, they go after them through the FBI, through the DOJ, private investigators, all, all of the above. We have seen President Trump unprecedented illegal activity against President Trump. The Obama administration used a fraudulent context to wiretap 
the Trump Hotel when Trump was running for office, when he was the when he was in, in the campaign, to listen in on his private conversations. They're using U.S. intelligence to spy on a United States citizen under the context of Russian interference, which we all know now, and, and most of us knew then, that it was rooted on BS. Our government knew back when Obama was the president that Russia was trying to interfere in our elections and they did nothing. They did no investigation. They weren't even concerned. Matter of fact, the Obama administration called down or, or told the the government to stand down on the, the investigatory branch to stand down on investigating into Russia interference in our elections. But when President Trump became the, the, the leader and they knew he was going to win, they wanted him to fall and fail by using this phony Russian collusion conspiracy to then have a reason to spy on his campaign, wiretap people, get individuals to confess to fake crimes like General Flynn to take him out of office, to take him out of the position to be the president. Because when President Trump became president, now a person that's not a part of the establishment has access to all the top secret stuff in the government, have access to all the of the investigations that are classified. He can declassify them and read them as the president of the United States. They can't have somebody being privy to that because once he's privy to it, what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, Durham's investigation into McCabe, who was the head of the FBI investigation into Peter Strzok. I mean, Carter Page, uh, not, not Carter Page, but uh, Lisa Page and Peter Strzok investigation into their emails and their text messages on government devices saying they have an insurance policy that if the president of the United States wins, that they have a way to get him out of office. And what did they do, ladies and gentlemen? Investigation, investigation, investigation on fraudulent terms. I think people should go to jail. People should go to prison. Some of these individuals are should be doing life in prison. And I'm not going to lie. Some of them, according to the law, committing treason should be put to death. You can't do these things. President Trump can't do it. Obama can't do it. Bush can't do it. Clinton can't do it. Reagan couldn't do it. When you get in the business of using the government to attack your political opponents, not indirectly, not hearsay, not speculation, but actual unequivocal fact, you should be charged with treason. President Barack Obama should be charged with treason, in my personal opinion. He authorized all of these illegal investigations. He knew that these things were going on. He authorized it. Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton's 30,000 emails that she deleted, he emailed her back and forth on a private server that wasn't secured by the government and he knew about it. But he did nothing. Why did he do nothing, Mr. Tatum? You're probably asking me. He's a part and was a part of the deep state that are in position to control the American people forever in perpetuity. Why do you believe? I want y'all. I want y'all to think of this for a minute. Why do you believe that people are so adamant that Trump should not be in office when under President Trump we've had the greatest economy that we've had in decades? Our unemployment numbers 
were the lowest that they have ever been in this country's history for many minority groups. And they've been half a century records for women and other individuals. We have been making a ton of money on China through tariffs. Trump has renegotiated the Mexico-Canada deal that has made America more beneficial. We pulled out of deals that are, are not beneficial to this country. Our GDP and, and, and all of the matrix that you can think, the stock market is breaking records at breakneck speed. Why do they want the man out of office? Because he said he grabbed somebody by the, you know what? That's not why they want. That's not why. Senators and, and governors and presidents been grabbing women and doing stuff they ain't supposed to be doing for decades. Bill Clinton really did grab a woman by the you know what. It wasn't just on a video. It was proof. They proved that he was messing with Monica Lewinsky, an intern, in the Oval Office, getting you know what, you know how. Do you think that they, 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 they're, they're, you think the Democratic Party is targeting him? No. His approval rating went up. They impeached him. He was never removed. I just want people to consider that. Are they really concerned about grabbing women? Joe Biden, and I'm going to talk about hearing him in the next segment. Mr. Joe Biden is accused of grabbing a woman by the you know what? Yeah, he did. She reported it. She's coming out against him. There's evidence, at least to corroborate her articulation of her side of the story. Joe Biden don't have a good solution for this. Why are they not crying and spitting and screaming in the middle of the street? Because this man is, is, is a predator against women. Why are they not giving that same energy to, to Joe Biden as they did to Donald Trump, as they did to uh, Judge Brett Kavanaugh? Why are they not doing this? Ladies and gentlemen, it's simple. Because they do not care. They want power. They don't care nothing about no Me Too movement. And we're going to finish this conversation in the next segment. You listen to the Brandon Tatum Show. Hold the phone. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Welcome back to the Brandon Tatum Show. We're now entering into the last segment. Um, you've missed the whole show. Make sure you download the app. You can go back and review it. No, no harm, no foul. I still love you anyway. Make sure you follow me on my social media platforms at the Officer Tatum, the Officer Tatum. You can also go to my store, theofficertatumstore.com, theofficertatumstore.com. And if some of you guys want to get in touch with me, you want to communicate, you got something you want to get off your chest, you can email me on my website at theofficertatum.com. Go to connections, uh, send me an email. I guarantee you money back that I will read every email that comes through. But I cannot guarantee you I'll respond. So just know that if you re if you reached out to me, I've read your email. I may not be able to respond right away. Some people I can, some people I cannot. Uh, charge it to my head, not my heart. Let's get into the, this uh, Miss Reed and uh, Tara Reed and Joe Biden. Some of you guys, you know, have read about Tara Reed and her accusations against Joe Biden a, a pretty good amount a time ago. I mean, it wasn't like it was last week. Uh, a, a pretty long time ago, where she's claiming that. Um, Joe Biden cornered her in a certain area and and I'm going to use the legal term in the state of Arizona and digitally penetrated her in a against her will 
in a act of sexual abuse. Now, Tara Reed's mom reportedly went on Larry King's show and said that, you know, gave a statement saying, well, my daughter, if she has an act, you know, how do you go about snitching on a politician who's done something that they shouldn't do? Her mom is on record going on Larry King making statements like this. She told people at the time that this happened. Uh, she also went on Megyn Kelly's show the other day and made a statement that said she's willing to testify under oath to her accusations. Um, those things are pretty significant. And I'm under the impression that I don't just believe all women, right? I don't believe none of y'all. I don't believe a man or a woman. If a man say he didn't do it, I don't necessarily believe him. And if a woman say he did it, I don't believe you too. I believe facts. So I think if a woman is making an accusation against a man of, of, of a committing a crime, we should take that just as serious as we take every other crime that people uh, accuse. It should have an evaluation of legitimacy. And if there is enough to investigate, then people need to investigate. Now, you can't just come out of thin air and say, oh, somebody raped me last week and I have no information. I don't know when it happened. I don't know where it happened. I, I, I blacked out. And you expect the police officer to follow up on that. I mean, you're going to have a hard time. But if you got some legitimate tracks and, and patterns of, of behavior and, and evidence that you want to present, present that. I think if a man is running for president of the United States, then at minimum, somebody should hear the legitimacy of it, even if it's in a congressional hearing. Um, I don't have a problem with that. But to go out on a limb and say, believe all women and that Joe Biden should drop out of the race, that's not an argument that I have or conservatives have. That's the argument that liberals have had. They said that Donald Trump should drop out of the race because women with no evidence, some of them end up coming back saying that they lied about it. None of them have, uh, have evidence said that Donald Trump grabbed him by the you know what at some point in time in his life. Judge Brett Kavanaugh in high school, Blase Ford, and the other women that accused him, some of which came out and said they lied. But Blase Ford didn't know where it happened at. She she really don't know when. She have no evidence. She didn't tell nobody for 30 some years. You know, like, and they wanted that man to go to hell. If they could put Brett Kavanaugh in hell, they would have put him in hell. They protested. They screamed. Every politician you know came on TV and said, I believe her. Women should be believed, not heard, but believed. They came out. Joe Biden, they ain't saying nothing. Some of them, oh, we, we think due process should be. No, y'all need to be coming out and protesting and saying Joe Biden should not be the president of the United States because he's a he's a he's a, a whoremonger. He is a womanizer. But they don't really care about you, ladies and gentlemen. These Democrats don't care about your your women's rights. The Me Too movement only applied to conservatives. They don't care about Me Too movement. When, when, have they, when have they wanted justice for the women that Bill Clinton sexually assaulted, whom he paid settlements to? Juanita Broderick follows me on social media. That's one of his victims. You know, so when did they want justice for them women? Hillary Clinton didn't come out and say, believe all women when her husband was being accused. Did she? No, she didn't. I don't blame her, but at the same time, why are you so aggravated and coming out against other people when you didn't have the same energy when your husband was out there snatching and grabbing? And 
I'll say this in my last two minutes. Pay attention to how politicians move and they shake. You shall know them by their fruits. If Joe Biden is accused, treat him like you treat every other conservative that's being accused of something. If that woman is claiming this, she better have sufficient evidence. If she has sufficient evidence, let's hear her case out and let's make a determination. If she is found to be credible and there's sufficient evidence, uh, Joe Biden should be charged if there's no statute of limitations. If there are statute of limitations and she's proven to be right, although they cannot prosecute, he should not be eligible to run for president. Now, if the lady come out and she lied, she should go to prison for every single minute that her accused would have gone to prison for. And that's a law that I think needs to change in this country. If we can prove that you lied, not that if you lose the case, because you could be telling the truth, you just didn't win the case. If there is proof that somebody lied on a sex offense, you should spend a large majority of the rest of your life in prison lying on somebody and attempting to ruin that person's life forever. So if she's lying, she needs to go to jail. If it's proven that she's lying. If, if, if nobody can be proven to be truthful, whether it's him or her, I think people need to keep this in their memory bank that there are accusations against Joe Biden like they were against other people and people should use that and vote for him like they would vote for anybody else with that matter in their mindset. But anyway, I'm done for this week. I love you guys. Thank y'all for listening. Hope y'all go to church tomorrow. Hope y'all go and patronize all the businesses that are open up in Arizona. I guarantee you money back. I will. But anyway, I love y'all. Thank y'all for listening to the Brandon Tatum Show every Saturday at 6 p.m. I'll see you next week. I love y'all. Peace. Brandon Tatum, KTAR News, 92.3 FM.